Hi, I'm Graham Nolan, creator of Bane, Joe Frankenstein, Sunshine State, and Monster Island. You are listening to Crusader Chronicles. Read them all. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 51, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 195 and X-Men number 124 from May 1979. Welcome to the 51st episode of Crusader Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my collection of comics, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and to have some fun along the way talking about the comics with my friends. And boys, we have reached the other half of the 50s. Woohoo! Woo! Get it done, 51, baby! Get it done, 51 is it. Yeah, I can't believe it. All downhill it. from here. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, we blew out all the 50 candles last time around. Mm-hmm. Time to get this show some Viagra. Yeah, we've reached uh, almost retirement age. Well, we got a little bit more to go, but we're there. We're there. We're getting there. So, speaking about some reading some comic books and having some fun along the way, let's see who's here with me today. And we will start with Jared Albrick, a.k.a. Death Probe. Thank you, Pat. Uh, a little bit of bad news tonight. Oh. Uh, I, I've only been using you for this podcast. I don't really love you. and uh, I've been through this before. Dang it. Dang it. You took my bit. <laughs> Um, Jared, who's it going to be? You got to tell me right now. I, I, it, gonna, it's going to be not you, okay? <laughs> I, it, it, you and Jason Delvin can just go on with your don't relationship. Don't be a heel. Come on. That's just that's how it's got to be. Well, th- I, I just try to protect you from yourself. Ah! Wow! Why? 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 My spider sister. Just say you love me. This is now we've moved into Ike and Tina territory. You know I love you. It's getting now you're really moving to Icatina territory. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's see what other Elbrick brother may love me or not. We'll talk to Jason, the Weasel Skull. Man, I'm just standing out here. I found this kick butt little uh, area that's got it's got like a bumper car to ride. Oh, I'm gonna go stand out here in the middle of it. See if, what kind of bumper cars that. Holy cow! Those are those bumper cars are dangerous. Man, somebody better fill out an OSHA report or something. This is. <laughs> This is ridiculous. Yeah, if you'd actually fought a bear, he'd probably be ready for this moment. Mm-hmm. You know I'm not going to fight a bear. I'll talk S about fighting a bear all day, but I'm not going to actually get out there and fight a bear. Anytime I really start thinking about physical labor of any kind, I usually just lay down until that thought passes. Seems to be working out for you. Yeah. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and bring in Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. So, yeah, found a way to finally get Jared off the show like we've been planning, Pat. You uh-huh. want to know the secret? 
Yes. Well, I guess so. I'm going to send him a telegram telling him he's dead. Ah, that'll she work. Pretty much, yeah, she pretty much like sell everything. He'll totally buy it. Be all depressed and everything. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. Then he won't come back to the show. Who can we replace him with? Delvin Cox. <laughs> can't go wrong with Delvin. You can't go wrong going you can't double. Can't go Delvin. wrong with Delvin. No, that's true. I always like it when I got double the Delvins. Hey, you can't go wrong. Double the Delvin, double the fun. Mm-hmm. It's always a fun time. If I wasn't dead, I'd be mad about all this. <laughs> it's like double mint gum, but black. <laughs> it's blackjack gum. Blackjack. Just... Ooh, I love blackjack gum. <laughs> oh, man. Two oh. sticks. <laughs> well, speaking about being double the fancy, let's find out about Mr. Fancy himself. Well, this is Death Probe, ironically speaking, from the grave, apparently. <laughs> But, uh, hey, if you want to be fancy like me, all you got to do is get your comic books hardbound. Where's the best place to do that? OmahaBound.com. All right. They do great work. They do unique work. They do ab and body work. Okay, not the last one. But they do wonderful job over there. Check out OmahaBound.com today. Not just for hardbinding needs, but they do have hard-to-find comics that are already pre-bound, and they've got some cool Kickstarters. OmahaBound.com. Be fancy like me. And who wouldn't want to be fancy? They may not do ab or body work, but it's good for your spine. (laughs) 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 Good one, good one. All right, now, before we get started with this episode's issue, let's take a quick podcast promo break, and we will be right back. There was an idea. To bring together a group of remarkable people. To see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could make the podcasts. That they never could. In time, you will know what it is like to cross over. To feel so desperately that the comic is right, yet to fail all the same. Dread it. Run from it. March 2021 still arrives. Evacuate the network. Engage all defenses. And get this man a cold Mountain Dew. Ooh, cold Mountain Dew. Haven't tried one of those. Nah, nah, nah. Make it warm. Thank you. Sun isn't something one considers when podcasting an event. But this (laughs) does put a smile on my face.
who the hell are you guys? The Merry Marvel Marching Society. We don't know where we're going, but we're on the way. A podcasting crossover mega event in the spirit of JL May. Coming in March 2021. Covering Marvel's fall crossover event, Axe of Vengeance. A cabal of evil threatens the Avengers and the entire Marvel Universe. Doctor Doom, the Red Skull, Kingpin, Doctor Doom, Magneto, the Wizard, Doctor Doom, the Mandarin, and Doctor Doom have banded together to pit Earth's mightiest heroes against foes they have never faced before. An array of heroes face enemies they are totally unfamiliar with. But who is secretly pulling the vengeful Cabal's strings? And can the Avengers take down the true mastermind before his hidden scheme succeeds? Featuring podcasts from Third Degree Burn, Back to the Bins, Avenger Spotlight, Coffee and Comics, Comic Book Time Machine, Doom Speak, Fan Holes Podcast, Fire and Water Podcast Network, Head Speaks, Into the Weird, Justice Not Entirely Dissimilar to Lightning, A Thunderbolts Podcast, Longbox Crusade, Married with Comics, The Quantum Cast, Resurrections, an Adam Warlock Podcast, World Spine Podcasts, and Views from the Long Box. Marching its way to your favorite podcatchers and hosting sites in 2021. Act of Vengeance, a true story. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first featured comic for this episode, and it is Amazing Spider-Man number 195. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Publisher was Marvel. It's got a cover date of August 1979, but its on-sale date was May 8th, 1979. Ooh, just close to my birthday. Editor and writer was Marv Wolfman. Penciler, Keith Pollard. Inker is Alan Milgram. Letterer is John Costanza. And colorist is George Russos. Is that right? Well, it's not Glennis, so who yeah. cares? No Glennis, but we'll get by. We get by. You can read along with us with reprinted in Spider-Man versus the Black Cat trade paperback or Essential Spider-Man Volume 9, Marvel Masterworks Volume 245, Amazing Spider-Man Volume 19, and also on Marvel Unlimited. And we hope you do. It makes it more fun and you get the jokes that we're going to say or talk about in the opening. So. With that, let's go ahead and look at some cover. And the cover credits go to penciler is Keith Pollard and inker is Alan Milgram. And we'll get a cover description from Jared. The Marvel Comics Group banner is still the common denominator, black with white letters. Spider-Man stands in his four-cornered yellow corner box. The Amazing Spider-Man logo is red with black accents and is multiplied in its effect with the webs. The main action splits the cover into fourths, which was the inspiration behind this write-up. Scene one shows Spidey trying desperately to save the black cat as the two dangle over dangerous waters. And you have to factor in Spidey's busted arm. Clockwise from there, the danger continues to add up as scene two depicts armed gunmen spying on Aunt May at the nursing home. Continuing clockwise, 
we see our hero buried under some rubble, probably the remainder of some building. And finally, scene four allows us to see Betty Brant round up and smack Peter right across the face. Speaking of addition and multiplication, there are an exponential number of cover blurbs on this cover. I'm going to need some help from my teammates here. Top left, Jason, go. The frightful finish of the black cat. Underneath that, Delvin, go. The tragic decision of Betty Brant. Go across the page from there. Pat, get it. The final fate of Aunt May. Straight down from there, Jason. And the end of the road for Spider-Man. The final blurb, Delvin! Truly it can be said, this one has it all. Well done. There's even snuck in a little bit under the banner. You won't believe it. The most shocking climax ever. There we go. That is a lot of cover blurb. (laughs) That is a lot of cover blurb. And that is your cover description, complete with bunches of mathematical terms. See how many you can find. Shocking climax. I'll have what this cover's at. (laughs) (laughs) all right well that cover description out of the way let's go ahead and get to some quick cover thoughts and we'll start with delvin yeah i i want to add something when you read the credits for the cover i have a dispute on that since i have the issue itself inside the cover it gives credit for the illustrators to many hands Mm, yes And the reason why I bring that up is the cover kind of follows that same thing. Like maybe they were running a little bit behind time and stuff because the cover just kind of looks like super rushed. And the thing that disappointed me most of all about it was Spidey in the action pose at top was like very plain. It, It wasn't very dynamic or anything. Even Black Cat doesn't look dynamic. So like the two of the biggest stars of the book look very undynamic on the cover that it's trying to sell as supposedly having it all. So I was a little bit disappointed in the cover. Jason, what's your thoughts? Delvin kind of took mine. I kind of felt the same way. I'll go in the other direction and lead out with a positive then. I think even though it looks rushed, I like the layout and how they do really capture the four main elements of the book on the cover. It is truth in advertising. And for it being obviously a little bit rushed, I think that they did a fairly decent job of putting this cover together. Jared? I didn't read it. Oh, wait. You don't have to read it. (laughs) You got to look at the cover. (laughs) I got the new spin on the old jokes. (laughs) Anyway, I'm just going to echo Jason and I like the truth in advertising, but uh, tipping my cards as we're moving forward here, I find the art overall in this issue to be lackluster. And I'll be honest with you, I'm starting to give a little bit of the uh, of the crook eye or the stink eye, some know it as the golden eye, to Keith Pollard because he's had a lot of fill-ins. He's had a lot of finishes by other artists. I'm getting the impression Keith was struggling making deadlines. And this book really shows it. It feel like he got the big-time job. And, you know, I, we, we don't need to beat him up. I mean, maybe he got sick. Maybe something big happened in his life. We don't know. But it just has not had that regular quality that we had with Ross, Andrew, and Mike. What was his last name? Esposito. I'm glad you brought up Mike Esposito, Jared, because I'm going to blame Inker, Alan Milgram, and we all know why. Haven't you done enough? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. This is going to continue. I see. All right. Blood feud continues. But yeah, I I, I know I tipped my cards and kind of moved into the book. But yeah, Pollard just hasn't been making deadlines, it doesn't look like. So 
And I think Delvin's right. It showed a little bit on the cover. I mean, it's still it's still a fun Spidey cover, but it's not top tier. Not even close. Yeah, I do have to give them some credit for kind of doing something a little bit different with this cover, breaking it off into those kind of sections. But I, I do feel the same way as well as everyone else, too. It is kind of rushing. Like Delvin said, you can definitely tell it in that top part with Spider-Man, you know, holding the hand of Black Cat as she's falling there and... It's like, is that Black Cat? Is it not Black Cat? I don't know what's going on there. You know, I'll give him credit for that because she was a new character and they're still mm-hmm. getting the vibe on that. I'm actually most disappointed in the one at the bottom under the rubble. It's just really plain. And well, just so I've seen I could, him buried like that. A couple yeah. Of different times. And I've seen him buried like that in much better drawings. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just so I can talk more, this reminded me of a recent Longbox Crusade we did with the Hulk and it had a section cover. And that one was more exciting than this one. Remember that? You're right. Bruce Banner got teleported up into space and Hulk was like chasing Thunderbolt Ross. And yep. like there was, yep. it was a section cover like this and it was more exciting than this. I like the little Spidey face in the middle, breaking it up. That's a nice touch. Yes. Yep. I was looking through here because I'm wondering, because it almost looks like they just took panels out of the book and put it on the cover. Possibly. Can't disagree with you, Jason. Yeah. Uh, I can't swear to it. I was just looking, trying to see if. These were actual panels or not, but at any rate. All right. With our covered thoughts out of the way, let's go ahead and get into some cover ratings. And as a reminder, for the last 50-some episodes, we do a one through five here on Crusader Chronicles. And five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Ooh. Let's find out. Jason, one through five. Can't hate it to the tune of a two. I'll go ahead and give it a three. Kind of lackluster art, but interesting design layout, and it was a good attempt. Delvin. Yeah, I'm at a three. You know, I always think highly of Spidey, and Spidey is the flagship of Marvel. Got to have that Aces cover. And if you don't, there should be a reason for it. And I don't know. It's a three. It's a very unexcited three at that. Jared, are you going to join the two cool guys, I guess? Two crazy guys? Yeah. Two lukewarm guys? I'm going to give it the flaccid three. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just, yeah. Just, yeah. 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 If Joe November was here, he wouldn't have any any problems. (laughs) He's like three is fine. Yeah, three is (laughs) fine. And really, I give it that three because of the truth in advertising on the cover. It it tells you what you get. That it truly does. Well, boys, time to pack your bays because we're going to move on into... Three's company too. I'm gonna knock on our door, I guess. <laughs> yes, we're waiting. We'll be waiting, we'll be waiting for you, I suppose. <laughs> Where the kisses are, uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> three, four, whatever. Two, three, two, whatever. And Don Knotts kind of really just half <laughs> the eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and find out what this story had in store for us with a synopsis from Delvin. If we got to, (laughs) let's go. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. 
the title of this issue was Nine Lives Has the Black Cat. To be honest, I'm not too sure about the title here because the issue seemed more Spidey-centric in his horrible, terrible day of sucktitude. But I'll use a gimmick as much as the next person, right? Sure. Pat, pick a number, one through nine. Five. All right. Five. Black Cat reveals she is Felicia Hardy and tells Walter, who is close to death, Walt gets to spend time with his wife before he dies. Jared, one through nine. Eleven. That's not one through nine. B. Jason, pick a number, one through nine. Come back to me later. (laughs) Number seven, the flirt fight ends with Spidey unable to stop Black Cat from dropping a great height into the water, leaving Spidey to think he failed her and and let her die. We will never see her again. Ever. Not ever. All right. A few more to go. Jared. Seven. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I've already done seven. Five. (laughs) Two. Number two, Pat takes Walter Hardy back to his home. The goons who helped her with the jailbreak are now under the employ of a new guy who was called Fatso. Don't know who that is. I mean, we kind of know who that is. I mean, how many fat villains has Spidey fought? A couple. Two, right? I mean, there's Kingpin and and there's Dr. Faustus. And only one of those is really in the book. Mm. I'm thinking it's Kingpin, but that's for a later issue. Um, We got a few numbers left. Pat. Eight. Thank you for picking a number that hasn't been picked, Jared. Number eight. Jared and Jason are big old poop heads. Yeah, I ran out of plot points at that point. All right. So let's I keep picked going. a good one. <laughs> let's keep going. We got one, three, four, six, and nine left. Take that, you bunkies. <laughs> Jason. We'll go number nine. Number nine. Pat absolutely lost to Delvin on the final MI6 rookie agent show to make Delvin the best agent, the better agent. <laughs> yeah, I ran out of plot points again. Okay, sweet. And I'm I glad I didn't pick that one because that's not true. <laughs> I couldn't have picked a better order for that. Jared, you got one, three, four, and six left. Give me the one. Number one, due to the wall exploding at the prison, Spider-Man breaks his right arm or dislocates his shoulder. Ouch. Black Cat escapes with Walter Hardy. Jason, you got the three, four, and six. Four. Aunt May's doctor has a scheme to keep Pete from showing up to visit. <laughs> Just say the old bird died uh, via telegram. Well, more on that to come later. Pat, three or six? Three. The Betty Leeds saga comes to an end with both Betty and Ned Leeds confronting Peter, who may have overreacted a bit when Neb grabbed his arm and he was rude to Betty, finally ending their... Whatever the heck they had going on. We know what to call it, don't we, baby? (laughs) Yes, we do, Mary Jane. And Jared, what what number did I have left? October. (laughs) October it is. Spidey and Black Cat fight and flirt a whole lot over Black Cat breaking Walt out. Due to some really bad luck from Spidey and Black Cat smartly targeting Spidey's hurt arm, Black Cat winds up being the victor of that fight for the most part. That's all I got. It was a scattered summary, but it was kind of a scattered issue. So back to you, Pat. Four. Son of a... (laughs) Damn. I don't think he's listening. (laughs) All right, Dylan, thank you for that fun recap of the issue. Let's go ahead and get to the brick or brack for this, and we'll find out, is it a first read or a reread? And we'll start with Jared. First read, Big Papa. Uh, Which one are you talking to? Me, Delvin, or... Jason. I'll try it again. First read, Big Fancy. Oh, okay. You're talking to me. All right. Jason. First read for me as well. 
You're supposed to say Big Fancy after that. Big Fancy. Thank you. Delvin. I don't remember reading it, so first read, Big Fancy. Oh, boys, guess what? Big Fancy. It's my first read, too. That makes it a Big Fancy Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. Reading All right, let's get to some high lows and what does. And we will start with Jared. Oh, I tell you what, I'll be the bummer in round one. I already talked about it a little bit earlier. That's why I picked you first. I, I really just thought the art was mailed in on this one. Or, okay, maybe I'm rushed. And like I said, we've seen this trend ever since Pollard came on the book. I mean, his, I think he's genuinely penciled like maybe two issues. Since he's been on without getting extra help from his anchor or a guest penciler or something like that. And it's become noticeable. And that's the worst part about it. It it at least shouldn't be noticeable. And I'm noticing it. So I'm going to toss that bummer out in round one. All right. I'm just going to say you're coming in with it with a, you know, artist eye on it. So I can definitely see where you're coming from. What I will add to that, Jared, is I can take seeing a many hands on a Transformers comic. Transformers was never the priority of Marvel. I could take it even, I could take it on a G.I. Joe or something like that. I don't ever want to see a many hands on Amazing Spider-Man unless it's like a freaking 80-pager or something. Yeah, fine. Tap three or four different anchors, but on a just standard monthly comic book, you know Amazing Spider-Man's coming out. Why in the heck couldn't they have just one consistent artist anchor team on it? That Yeah, I'm, I'm with Jared on that. I'm going to add an example to back this up, by the way. Content page three, Spider-Man is buried in the rubble. He starts climbing his way out. When he actually busts out of the rubble, I just don't even think that's a good drawing. Like the shape of his head seems wrong. The tears in his clothes, especially in his upper arm, seems just a little off. I don't know. I don't really don't bag on the artist because these guys, you know, they're better than me. They're greater than I'm ever going to be. But that panel, I could have done better. Fair enough. Let's go ahead and see what Delvin you got anything more to say? Uh, not on that, but I will transition to mine, which is, I'll say it's a, it's a what the slash low. I do understand that the plot point of the entire book was that Peter Parker was having an S day. Got it. And so when they got to the point of where he went to the lunchroom and like lost his lunch because his arms hurt, that was already bad enough. And then Betty and Ned find him and they trap him in this situation. I think the best thing Pete could have done is like both y'all crazy. (laughs) It just, it just turned and walked away. He tried to do the right thing. And then Betty slapped him because it was like, well, I expected more from you. Like what? You slept with the dude. Like you slept with him. That whole thing. I was just like, I'm glad it's over because I think Betty was wrong from the start with that. And even though she did come at a time where Pete was looking for a little bit of companionship, she stuck around. Like she continued to come around. And that made the whole thing a little bit more Betty's thing than it was Pete. He could have stopped her at any point. He tried to, but she kept advancing. So I thought that the ending of it was kind of like, I wholeheartedly agree. I think Spider-Man's response should have been, you guys clearly have marriage things to work out. I'm removing myself. Solve these problems yourself. That will be all. (laughs) Sell crazy somewhere else, sweetheart. We're all stocked up here. (laughs) Excellent. Jack Nicholson quote. (laughs) Jason. Hi, Lowell. Yeah, I'm going to pile on to that scene as well. For the 
great power comes great responsibility character in the Marvel Universe. Spider-Man sure isn't showing much here. A lot of this stuff he's kind of bringing on to himself, and I've brought this up before, I'm not liking this iteration of the character. And I know this might start an argument with my fellow Crusaders here, but it just doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel right to me. I didn't like how Peter handled that situation at all. I fully agree with you folks that he should have realized that this is just a crazy situation and I need to remove myself if these two that are ostensibly friends of his are going to have any chance of reconciling. He's got to move himself out of the picture at this point. And instead, he's just cruel. He's just mean for the sake of being mean. And I just didn't like that. I think Betty's response was pretty natural, even though I do agree with you fellas that she's largely to blame for this whole scenario. Yeah, I just don't like the way that the writer is portraying Peter here. It seems very forced, and it just doesn't seem Spider-Man-esque to me. He tried to justify it by saying, like, if I let her down hard, then it'll force her back to him for good, but it was handled clumsily. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought he was trying to, you know, be the bad guy and wanted to come off that way to get her to turn around and go in that direction, but... He needed to be firm, but he didn't need to be cruel, and he was yeah. just cruel. I just think he's... Yep. What we're getting is a lot of buildup of his character to there's something bigger coming down the road where he's going to change, and so all we're going to see now, the last two issues, we've kind of seen... Peter just getting beat on and beat on and beat on. And, and finally, he's like, you know, I, I got no outlet. I got no outlet to do anything right now. And so he reverts back to just kind of being stupid, you know, and he, he's lost that smartness that we know of Peter Parker. I mean, he's a genius, right? Well, it's not even so much the smartness. I think Delvin was right. And, and Jared mentioned this as well. Peter's in a vulnerable position. He's really been jilted by Mary Jane. He's gotten his tail whooped a couple times. He's been through the ringer. I'll admit that. I get where he'll have moments of weaknesses and vulnerability. He's a human being. But this point, they've pushed this character to the point where he's just cruel. To me, it goes too far when I think of the Peter Parker slash Spider-Man character. Fair enough. Let's go ahead and get to round two, and we'll go back to the top with Jared. Hilo or what the? F okay, I'll do a what the. <laughs> it's the best I can do on this one. I don't like the issues where it's just so negative. Remember, we had that two issues ago it, where it was just like it was like this. It was a downbeat the whole time. I don't know what it does. Just gets to me, and I just I don't like them that much. But I will do a what the. Pat, question for you. Yes. You are a father. You have a daughter, college age daughter. Mm -hmm. If she put on a mask and ran around with you for about forty five minutes. <laughs> No, it'd be shorter than that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> come on, man. How does this guy not know? Is his daughter? Uh, oh, I no, just... I mean, I mean, physically, I, I couldn't run around for 45 oh. minutes. Oh, <laughs> I see. I you answered the wrong question, but no, I get, get duped. And you're talking, I, I get duped easily. So, you know, I, I probably wouldn't know. Uh, maybe. Yeah. This guy got ultimate duped because I'm like, Madison! How do you not? It was you the whole time. <laughs> You're so, taking me to my house? <laughs> How do you know where I live? Uh, Gosh, your cheekbones look familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of got a chuckle out of it. I was like, okay, that's definitely a comic book convenience. Yeah, otherwise, otherwise, the book was just too depressing for old Jared. 
I think it kind of served the story well, and you knew that was coming when it came up there. I, I guess I could no-prize myself here. I don't remember them saying how long it had been since they seen each other, so maybe if she had been a little girl when he went to jail, then maybe he wouldn't recognize her as a grown woman. Still a bit of a stretch, but... I think it was a while. It looked like it had been a while because yeah. he got arrested for a crime that he didn't commit, even though he was a very renowned cat burglar. And it, they didn't define how long Felicia Hardy had been away doing all of the training that she did to come back to do that stuff. She thought that he died in like a plane crash or something. Something like that. Something came, to... back, came back as an alligator. I, I can't remember. I got confused. By the way, if anybody needs a cat burglar, it's Jason. Somebody burgled those cats. Leave <laughs> <laughs> my cats alone, man. I think she should have prepped the runway with her mom a little more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a surprise in the bedroom. Bye. <laughs> it's your dying husband. Peace. Swat teams on the way. <laughs> By the way, hold on to this stuff for me. And don't but tell I, where I went to. Uh, but I want to know what Delvin has to say. Delvin, give me a high, man. Pick me up. Pick me up. I definitely like the relationship with Pete and Felicia or Black Cat. It was funny that Pete just showed up on the doorstep. And it was almost partly like, yeah, you need to bring that old man back to prison. I really care about that. Geez, you're pretty. (laughs) 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 Like, we've seen him fight women before, and it was, he just absolutely, I mean, and then he made this joke, which I'm giving it away is going to be my silly spot. I've said something about basically, yeah, how about, you know, like, you surrender, take him back to the prison, and we can neck on the way there. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. It was like that scene from 22 Jump Street, was it? 21 Jump Street? 22 Jump Street where Jonah mm-hmm. Hill's fighting that girl at the end. <laughs> are, are we making out? Are we fighting? I'm so confused. I don't know. <laughs> you got kiss me eyes right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I did like that scene. Uh, that whole fight scene was pretty good uh, between back and forth and just the banter back and forth between the two I thought was really good. Yeah, it was kind of lighthearted, and it showed that Felicia Hardy, she can hold her own. Like, yes, Spider-Man was holding back, but she was a pretty capable opponent in that she targeted that hurt arm of his. And, you know, for some reason, things keep going her way. Like, you know, walls crumbling and lines are, like, not attaching all of a sudden. So she seems to have the touch for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Mission accomplished, Delvin. You picked me up. The Black Cat stuff was a highlight. And I'm glad it was the highlight of this issue with the other extra stuff that was going on, all the different segments that were happening. They really seem to, towards the end, take a longer time during that, building that relationship between the two up. Even though they're fighting, still building that uh, relationship up was pretty cool. And I do like seeing the, I guess, uh, the origin story of her as well. They give a, She goes back and tells a little bit of you know her training and what she did to, to get there, so... I like that part. Jason, what about you? I think I'll throw a high on the pile here, too, so I'm not beating up on the book too much. One thing that I really liked was when he comes out of the rubble and the police officers offer to help him, and he realizes that he can't even show that his arm is injured because if they see Peter in a sling... Later on, somebody could put two and two together. I think mm-hmm. that was really smart. I didn't even make that connection. 
we just always kind of think about mask on, mask off, but he has to hide that injury. Otherwise, um, somebody could make the connection. And I thought that was pretty smart of Marv to put that in the book. Yeah, kind of through. And use it as a plot point later on. I mean, that was woven all throughout, like not only in the fight with Felicia Hardy again, but it set him off to maybe say the thing that he said to Betty because Ned grabbed the arm and that's when he kind of lost it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I could see where that would make him angry. Not only did I drop my lunch tray, now you're grabbing my freaking arm. I'm hangry. My arms hurt. <laughs> Looks like somebody needs a Snickers. All right. Well, uh, we... Pat, you mean a hostess pie? Uh, yes. Pie <laughs> Definitely can use one of those. All right. Let's go ahead. And is there any, anybody have anything else? What about that Aunt me? Oh, yeah, Aunt May. She's still alive. She's still alive. She never going to die. She's going to outlive Spider-Man. That's a, that's a ballsy move to send somebody a telegram that your aunt's dead. I, it is. And, of course, I have to remember the time. If I yeah. got, like, a telegram that was, like, the most important person in your life's dead, I'd be like, what? <laughs> like, at a minimum, like, I know he – and, and Wolfman said that on purpose. Everything just went – crappy for Pete the entire day. Crap, mm-hmm. crap, 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 crap. And then he sees that note and that just sunk him completely. I got it. But like the next thing should be him darting out of the door, going straight to that home and saying, what the heck happened with my aunt? You so-and-so. Like, Why are you that- informing me through Western Union? Like, right. Peter, stop. Aunt dead. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out it's from that doctor in the hospital. You're a jack. Stop. (laughs) Stop. Your bill is $8,000. Stop. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was just kind of weird. I'm like, okay, you get a telegram that your aunt's dead or whatever. It's like, you can call him or leave a message but i don't yeah, know you would you would think that yeah death would warrant a phone call that and left a message or something something yeah speaking of dead ant not enough dr corpse in this issue oh yes, yes he's like he, to me he is now the most wasted character in the marvel universe <laughs> i want marvel to let me write a six issue dr corpse miniseries oh that thing's big to write itself right i know right but people I don't are, know. Well, people are dying for it <laughs> we may see a little bit more of him now that the uh, fatso's got him Maybe. I'm digging me some Dr. Corpse. I want more Dr. Corpse. I want Dr. Corpse, Stegron, team up. Oh, what about Kingpin and Corpse, man? That's alliterative right there. That's, that's, like, a, <laughs> that's like a show. That's a TV show. Tune in Thursday for Kingpin and Corpse. Kingpin knocks him down. Corpse buries him. <laughs> Kingpin, no! <laughs> Corpse, get over here. Thursdays at 7. Those goats don't stand a chance. What do you want on your tombstone? Wait, that's another character. Oh, I thought that was a pizza. Tombstone's another Spider-Man villain. <laughs> oh, is he? Confused. Uh, I know that. <laughs> yes, he is. I'll see. I'm learning something new here. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to some silly Spidey moments for this issue. And we'll start with Jason. I just thought the whole fight was between Black Hat and Spider-Man was silly. I mean that in a positive way. <laughs> Again, I just kind of, I was chuckling, thinking back to like, are we fighting? Are we, <laughs> are we making out? What are we doing? 
So I just thought, <laughs> I thought that was all charming, and uh, I'm looking forward to more Spider-Man Black Cat entanglements, shall we say. Ooh. Never going to happen. She did. I strongly suspect she's still alive, Delvin. (laughs) (laughs) She ain't coming back. You crazy, Jason. You crazy. She's still got a few more lives left, I think. Mm, Okay, yeah. I can go with that. Eight eight lives left to go. That's right. I'll go with that. Delvin, what's your silly? Well, I already gave it away, but it was content page uh, 19 to where... Yeah, they're going uh, back and forth, and just Spidey's like, so how about it? Dinner, a movie, and we neck on the way back to prison. (laughs) (laughs) Smooth operator. (laughs) Yeah, just love that. I mean, because it was just a part of really good back and forth dialogue between the two, where neither one of them really, really wanted to hurt each other, and they were both attracted to each other. Two words, conjugal visits. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking about conjugal visits, Jared. What's your silly Spidey moment? <laughs> well, Pat, in some ways, I'm like you. You like the name callings. You like the chuckles and, mm-hmm. and the sweetums and chubbins and all that stuff. I like those too, but I like to find those ones that are just kind of weird sure. that I could try to use in the upcoming week of my life. This week, I'm going to try to use, you'll see nothing, you cretin. Mm. What do you say cretin? Is it cretin or cretin? I think it's cretin. Cretin, yeah. Yeah, you'll see, you'll yeah. see nothing because you say, "Oh yeah, we'll see about that fat." So he goes, "You'll see nothing, you cretin!" Whack, punch him in the face. So I, I'm gonna call somebody a cretin this week. Yeah, whenever I get into that scenario where I'm not sure how to pronounce it, and somebody corrects me, I just say, "Oh, I was doing it the British way." Right. Yes. What if Alan Porter did that? Mm, that's then it'd be okay. He's like, "Yes, I was doing it the British way." Like, <laughs> okay. Check and mate, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> mate, <laughs> you cretin. That's the Paul Hicks way. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Pat, what's your silly Spidey? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. My silly Spidey is, as we mentioned, the words that are in here. And I went with Spider-Man's telling them to just call me Twinkle Toes. I thought I like that was it. a good one. He's got the, you know, I like the little wordy stuff that he does. Always brings a smile to my face. Speaking about bringing a smile to our faces, let's get into the ratings for this issue. Again, it's a one through five rating. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Mm. Now, I'm going to start middle of the road, maybe, and go with Delvin. It's a high three. I really love the banter between Black Cat and Spidey. I definitely like that their storylines being advanced. Mm-hmm. Still, yep. and they are being advanced well. I did not like many hands. Like, nope, can't do it on a flagship. You cannot. That is, it's, it's too important of a book. So that kind of knocked it down from possibly getting a four, but it, I, it wasn't that bad of an issue. So it gets a three. Jason. I agree with what Delvin said about the art. Even though it was many hands, it was still pretty good. It was decent. Decent doesn't cut the mustard with Spider-Man, as we talked about, but it was serviceable. It was a decent story. I like the Felicia Hardy character. For me, the big dislike is Peter Parker's uh, reaction to Ned and Betty. I do not like when Peter Parker gets to be so self-loathing and just gets out of character, and we're in that dangerous territory right now. But I will land on a three. Jared, what do you think? Agree with me? Disagree with me? Totally agree. And I'm going to drop a, another waffly three on the table. 
you know, just not a big fan of these ones with the Pete being a jerk, you know, not who he is, man, not who he is. Uh, it doesn't feel right. Anyway, Pat. Well, see, I may have come at this at a different angle than all you guys. I'm really thought this was a good character beat issue that we saw some character advancement, plot advancements as well, too. And we got, you know, what's going on with Aunt May? Is she going to make it? She's not going to not. And what I, what I really want to know is why the guy wants Aunt May. That's what I want to know is why. So and Pete I'm, out of the way Yeah, to get to Aunt May. Yeah, that's true. Why not just, you know, Pete's not at home anyway. So what the hell? Just go to the place and do what you got to do. It's all about wheat cakes. It's access yeah. to wheat cakes. <laughs> Wheat but, cakes make a man do crazy things, Jared. Crazy you things. make wheat cakes. <laughs> I'm going to give it a four. I liked it. I'm giving it to it because of the character beats here. The fight between Black Cat, origin story, I thought was just great. And the plot advancement. Not mad at that, Pat. Yep. Spoke to you. I'm all out here on Four Island. Hey, here on Pop Culture Podcast, we're not here to say that you're wrong. <laughs> Wait a minute. It still applies. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and bring it to an end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question? Send us an email at contact at lawboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. And we will be right back. We got it all together for a brand new show. The LBC crew's here and so away we go. While the LBC crew's running from a spooky ghost. Christophtos is doing what he does the most. Hey, come on, get involved to the mystery is solved. Hang around with the LBC crew. Oh, <laughs> Hey, come on, get involved to the mystery is solved. Hang around with the LBC crew. That's the podcast. LBC crew. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode, which is determined by the Crusader Club members. Club members get to vote on this segment using the online poll only available on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. As always, we want to thank our Crusader Club members for voting to help determine the programming for this show. If you want to get involved in the voting and all the other amazing benefits of being a Crusaders Club member, just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. You can join for as little as $1 a month and help determine what each episode's second feature will be. For this episode, the Crusader Club members selected X-Men number 124. Boo, Daffy Duck is better. Boo. <laughs> Duck you, man. Duck you. <laughs> well, Jared, you do know Storm is in that kind of X-Men, right? Fair enough. <laughs> There's a lot of Storm in this one. Let's go ahead and get to some credits from Mike's Amazing World of Comics. Publisher was Marvel. It's got a cover date of August 1979, but its on-sale date was May. 15th, 1979. Editor was Roger Stern. Writer is Chris S. Claremont. Esquire! Esquire! Plotter, penciler, John L. Byrne. Anchor, Terry Austin. 
Letters, Tom Orzakowski. And colorist is the culinary bad colorist, Glennis Wee. Woo! There you are. We miss you. You can close her. I actually, I, I actually looked her up to see if we could get her on the show. It's going to be tough. She lives in England, so the time zone is going to be tough. Ooh. I'd make that sacrifice. Yeah. Just get a soundbite from her. Same. Just to, to have her send a time. We'll work around her. Ooh. That's high privileges, man. They did. Around the NBC would headquarters. Do it. Anyway, that's it. All right. Well, you can read along with us in reprints in Classic X-Men number 30 from 1989 or the Essential X-Men Volume 2 trade paperback, Marvel Masterworks Volume 37, or the Uncanny X-Men Volume 4 hardcover and Uncanny X-Men Omnibus Volume 1. Or also on Marvel Unlimited. Cover credits go to penciler Dave Cockrum and inker is Terry Austin. And speaking about the cover, let's go ahead and get a cover description from Jared. The Marvel Comics Group banner is communist red with black letters. You all see what's coming. Here we go. (laughs) The quarter box is evil capitalist green with the floating heads of Wolverine, Colossus, Storm, Gorbachev, Banshee, Cyclops, and Nightcrawler. (laughs) I slipped an extra one in there. The Uncanny X-Men logo gets full marks with its red lettering and blue highlights. The main action shows Colossus all commied up, choking out Cyclops and Storm. Cyclops is stalling for time as he pleads, Don't you understand, Colossus? We're your friends. Personally, I would have said comrades. An additional state-provided cover blurb reads, He was one of the X-Men, but now he's the power-mad proletarian. All right, Pat, you're Cyclops. Jason, you are Colossus. And Delvin, dealer's choice. You could be Storm or Wolverine. I just now noticed he's hidden under the cover box. <laughs> he got totally hidden under a cover box. I just now noticed it. Anyway, three, two, one, go. I want to Time to feed Parakeet. Volcano. <laughs> All right. I, I, I was late. I had to go pick up the cover. <laughs> well, I you wouldn't remember him on the cover because, like I said, I just now noticed the Heat Wolverine is on the cover. Like 90% of his drawing is covered by the text box. Anyway, well done, everybody. We choked out another one. <laughs> ah, very good. Very good. Thank All you, right. Dilbarish. <laughs> we spiked them. We spiked them. <laughs> all right well let's get to some quick cover thoughts and we will start with jason all right thanks pat this one's titled he only laughs when i hurt and with no cover thoughts cover thoughts oh i really did forget the order of events on the show wow we did i'm like what are you talking about here i'm so excited i think this is a pretty interesting cover Anytime we see uh, one of the X-Men turn against members of his own team, it's always kind of exciting to see. This is no different. Cockrum does a really good job laying out the characters. Colossus looks like he's ready to do some painting on my house or something. But uh, other than that, it's pretty good, solid, decent cover. Jared. Well, you get your house painting according to your needs, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> In Mother Russia, house paints you. <laughs> it's good. I mean, you guys know I have that rock hard Cockrum appreciation, and it's nice to see Cockrum on covers. It's good. New 
costume design for the proletarian. Um, you know, n- not a home run, but cool. And truth in advertising for the most part. Sells it with the beret. I liked it. It's you're not going to go wrong with Dave Cockerman X Men, right? Because mm-hmm. the man knows what he's doing, and it's just cool that he got to come up with like a you know a new fancy little costume for Colossus, and the rest of them were getting their butts kicked by him. I could dig it. It was cool. I don't know if your costume should have a picture of another dude on your costume. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think one dude should have another dude on your costume. <laughs> but I think I spot, is that Stalin? I think that's Lennon. Le- oh, that's Lennon. Lennon. You're absolutely right. It is Lennon. Yeah, I like this one. It could be made out of cotton. It's <laughs> 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 probably did him. <laughs> oh, fabric jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I think his costume reminds me of uh, he's Mario. It's a me, a colossal. Oh, like Mario. <laughs> I see you have a leakage. <laughs> you know, pluck your pipes. Oh, <laughs> I'm a tired. Hey, oh. Uh, but, you know, I can see where you guys are saying. I do agree with you guys that you don't see Wolverine in this. If they would have put that blurb up just a little bit higher so you can see Wolverine face down in the water. I think it would have been a little more helpful. Yeah, that, that was just a bad editor's choice for putting that, yeah, that blur. Like, you're you're going to cover a Wolverine? Yeah, that was bad choice by the cover editor. They could have just went up a little bit and, you know, covered up maybe Storm's, you know, foot that's dangling there. No, we would have known know. what was going on. Or, you know, I don't know. Shame. But coloring is great. I like the coloring on it. Makes things pop. All right, well, with the cover thoughts out of the way, let's get to some cover ratings for this issue. And again, it's a one through five. Five is you loved it. It gave you a ring to swing on. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It turned you into a baby. (laughs) X-baby. X-baby. Delvin, one through five. I'm at a three. Uh, but it's at that higher level of three than the Spider-Man cover was for sure, because it's Ooh. Dave Cockrum, and it didn't look like they rushed the cover. Maybe Dave Cockrum had like a backlog of covers ready and just wasn't uh, able to get to the book like he wanted to from back in the day. Good cover. Jared. Ditto Delvin. Same reasons and everything. Three. Jason. Yeah, I feel a little guilty giving this one a three after giving the Spider-Man one a three, because this one definitely is better. But it isn't four better, so I'm going to land on a three as well. What about you, Pat? What do you think about this cover? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. Don't be a cretin. Oh, got (laughs) me early. I better get that out there before you got that out there. (laughs) I am going to be a three with you guys as well. So, again, we are... We got three comics for you. Three comics for you. Where the kisses are equally distributed amongst everyone. <laughs> Thanks to the state. Each according to I mean, unless you have a good high state position. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you're right. rocking it like General uh, Gogol. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the life to lead. That then is. you're rocking it like a hurricane. Don't change James Bond jokes and scorpions. Scorpions. <laughs> scorpions, they're from Soviet. <laughs> All right, well, with the ratings out of the way for the cover, let's get a short synopsis from Jason. Cyclops, Storm, Banshee, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Colossus, 
children of the Adam, students of Charles Xavier. Mutants, feared and hated by the world they have sworn to protect. These are the strangest heroes of all. These are the X-Men. Stanley presents the Uncanny X-Men. titled he only laughs when i hurt and i went in a little bit different direction we're gonna get creative with this one folks because i crawled into the head of my brother death probe and i wrote this as i think he was thinking as he was reading this i'm gonna turn it over to him and see how close i was jared would you mind taking this away great another x-men comic I was really hoping I'd get another Daffy Duck. Oh, well, if I have to read it, here it goes. Hmm, apparently the X-Men are trapped in Murder World, and Arcade hired Colossus to do some painting or something. Why does he call it Murder World, anyway? Never killed anyone with it. At best, it's attempted Murder World. Looks like Arcade has Colleen Wing and some other ladies captured and feels compelled to tell his life story. Oh, come on, Claremont, are you paid by the word or something? I'm skipping this section. Okay, back to the action. It looks like Colossus is brainwashed and tricked into fighting the X-Men. Storm is trapped in a flooded room. Wolverine and Banshee are fighting robots of the Hulk and Magneto. And Nightcrawler is being chased by bumper cars outfitted with buzzsaws. I'll read that again. Bumper cars (laughs) outfitted with buzzsaws. Okay, that's pretty cool. What happens next? Well, the robotic villains are no match for Wolverine's claws. Cyclops does a pretty cool multi-kill shot with his optic glass and Storm begins to strip so she is not dragged down by the water. God bless you, John Byrne. This book is a five. This book is a... Uh, clear! Oh. <coughs> All right, I'm okay. Let's see what else happened. Cyclops rescue Storm with some mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, that lucky jerk. Storm and Banshee break Colossus's brainwashing by using the power of love. It's a mysterious thing. And corny. And Nightcrawler busts up Arcade's control center. Of course, Arcade manages to get away, though. If only they had a mutant tracker on the team. <laughs> That's it. Comic was okay. Now, where did I leave that last issue of Groove?
Was that close? That was really, really close. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Jared. You done good. You done, you crawled into my head, which is you know dangerous place to dangerous be. and dark territory. There you go, Pat. Back to you. All right, Jason. Thank you for that synopsis. I think it made one man weep and another man sing. It's power of love. That's yep. <laughs> a mysterious thing. It is. First time you feel it, might make you sad. Next time you feel it, though, might make you mad. Mad or glad? I don't remember. Anyway, Anyway, you'll be good when it's found. That's the power. Makes the world go around. Don't take money. Take fame. Don't need no credit card. on this train. Damn it! Someone stop us! It's strong and it's sudden. It's smooth sometimes. But at night. So yeah, we're gonna move on to bric-a-brac here, where we talk about highs, lows, or what does, and we will start with Jason. We got first read or reread left. <laughs> I went off script. I had to get us back on. All right, is it a first read or reread, Jason? Uh, this is a reread for me. What about you, Jared? First read for me, Pat. It's a first read for me, Delvin. It was also a first read for me. No. <laughs> I spike you. I spike you. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> Reading Rainbow. Ah, so close. We were so close. I thought after not having an X-Men for a while, we would have got something, but mm, maybe next time. Maybe next time. All right, let's Here get in it. Mother Russia, there is no rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> rainbow reads you. <laughs> Collective rainbow. <laughs> Butterflies killed by Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> Olive drab rainbow. <laughs> Olive drab rainbow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <sighs> All right, let's get to some high lows or what does for this issue. And we'll start with Jason. High, low, or what the? I'll start off with the high. I'm going to just go with the art overall in this one. Burn really is just knocking it out of the park. Every panel looks gorgeous. The story was fairly decent. I mean, I'll get into that maybe on my next round. But for this one, I'm just going to focus on the art. Every panel looks great. Characters look great. Action scenes are well laid out. Definitely art is a strength on this book at this point. I will agree with that. Delvin. The Jason slash Jared synopsis about Arcade is so, so true. I, I was thinking walking up the stairs before we podcast it. You remember a few years back for Crusademus, I brought Avengers Arena. Yep, and I've Avengers Arena centered around the plot of it started off that arcade in a supervillain community. He's a joke because he never killed anyone. And I wonder if his trajectory would have changed if at some point back in early origins that Claremont would have had him. I mean, even like <laughs> some guest X-Men or whatever, you mm -hmm. know, and had him die. It would have. Risen arcade stock immensely. So when I started reading this book and and it had been a few issues and I saw arcade sitting there with that fabulously gaudy Liberace-esque <laughs> costume on, I was like, 
I mean, nobody dying in this issue. <laughs> 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 like, okay, all right, they're, they're going to be mildly harassed. That's for sure. But that's about it. So I already knew what was going to happen coming into the book is mm-hmm. what I'm going with here. Jared, Jared, what do you think? I miss Daffy Duck. <laughs> if you don't get off of the duck and move on. All right. I, all right. As as per my usual, I'll be a pain in the behind on round one. All those words, cramming in all those Claremontian words, and he couldn't find a little time to even tell us who the other two girls kept. I know. It's Colleen Wing and girls. And oh, by the way, as masterful as John Byrne is, that does not look like Colleen Wing. Doesn't even look Asian. She looks like Mary Jane. (laughs) I'm like, what? I feel like, I feel like they got added like later after the pictures were drawn. He's like, let's make it Colleen Wing. And, John was like, well, I didn't draw Colin Wing, and Chris was like, nobody will notice. And here we are, 30-some-odd years later. Well, if we hadn't been wasting time with Daffy friggin' Duck, we'd know who these girls are, wouldn't we? But, but we don't know, but we had to go and... On the flip side, they didn't matter, so why should yeah, we care? Yeah. Well, who else was he going to sexually harass in the book? He, he's got white Colleen Wing. <laughs> we'll call her Colleen Winger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm on a roll tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I, that was just weird. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this X Men thing is Jason's right. Maybe you got to not miss a beat because it's just like I, I don't. I don't know. This felt like a filler issue in many ways to me. I didn't see any overarching things happening here. But then again, we we've, we've been sitting out for a while. Yeah. So well, I mean, just to support you, I was kind of busting your chops a little bit there, but. From the filler issue concept, I mean, by the end of the book, it's like, did anything that happened really matter? No. Nope. Let's no. Just go we're all home. back together and every everybody's back together and they're like, okay, let's walk away. <laughs> One more run through attempted murder world. Yeah. <laughs> Manslaughter world at best. That's right. Even Cyclops world, is like. He's Homicide like the, world. <laughs> even Cyclops is like, well. Wolverine wants to go after him, but Cyclops is like, no, no, we'll just let him be by himself. It's not like. We can't pin him, you know, we can't say he tried to do anything to somebody. Well, you, you, you captured you guys. He tried to murder you. Yeah, you, you can't get him for kidnapping. Three witnesses literally floated down <laughs> into your lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. three of them are still, like, wrapped up in packages with bows on them. I mean, this is some freaky stuff, man. Yeah, you might want to tell the cops. I don't know. I think Cyclops is like, you know what, Matlock's on. And they're like, it's 1979. It's like, Matlock is on. (laughs) (laughs) Go with it. Just a weird issue, you know. Could have had a real, I'm probably taking more highs than those, pulling a pat here. Could have had a real poignant moment to break through with Colossus, but it just seemed weak. It was like, but we're your friends. And he was like, oh, okay. Well, you know what? I thought that was a really, I thought that was a good moment. I, I think I needed a little more. I need I a little it, more. I thought that was a good moment. Like maybe was this like the first time that they've actually admitted that they all, you know, really need each other now? You know I what? I, I'm going to write you a better scene right now. Colossus is choking him out. Cyclops, instead of the "We love you, we're your friends," just just looks at him and says, "Kill me, don't kill her. I'm the mm-hmm. leader. I failed you." Kill I'm going to write you a better scene than that right now. Here it goes. Here it goes. So he's got Cyclops in one hand, Storm in the other hand. And Storm flashes her breasts and it breaks <laughs> the <breath. sighs> Which would you rather see? 
Well, which would I rather see or which would I rather read? Because that's two different questions. <laughs> Get the people what they want. Am I, am I not right? What if Cyclops said no. that? Well, you say, kill yeah. me. Don't kill her. I'm the leader. I failed you. I deserve it. Good that would have been better. Yeah. And, also, and then Colossus goes, wait a minute. Maybe I shouldn't kill this guy. He's too wholesome to kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I dig what Chris was trying to do there. And, and Pat's right. This team is coming together organically over a span of issues. They're becoming more tight knit but to me i thought the poignant moment was when storm realized that colossus doesn't necessarily see them as family yet and still has those reservations and that's what made him susceptible to the brainwashing Mm -hmm. um so i i think that pat's right they were trying to do something but jared you know just to be wishy-washy about it i think you're right too there was definitely more creative ways to go about it yeah agree jason do you have any a high low I'll just give a high to the fanboy. Me really like that Cyclops multi kill shot. On yeah, those, uh, that was dope. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. pretty dope. And I, anytime cool. Cyclops does something cool like that, I gotta make notice. And the art again made it look spectacular. It was a great, great scene. Delvin. So let's uh, go with uh, Aurora and her cool scene because that was tactical. Where they were, she would have drowned. I mean, which is kind of a form of claustrophobia, really. And yeah. so she overcame that and she's like, all right, this water's got to be coming from somewhere. All right, I find it. All right, got to keep charging it with electricity and hoping that I short it out. Like, this is my play. And that was such a tactical in the moment, split second decision that she had to make. And she was cool, calm, under pressure. And she wound up uh, saving her own life because of it. Really awesome moment. I'm fairly convinced that Claremont and Byrne put that in there just for like, so she would take some clothes off. Probably. <laughs> Bonus. I was like, how many situations have they written so far where she's like, oh, we're in the savage land. I'm wetting in. Escape is really holding me down. They are, they, I've really learned a lot about how my childhood was formed and, yeah. and, and where <laughs> the paths that were laid ahead for me. Well, well, what did she really take off? Just the cape? Come on. <laughs> the rest was already there. <laughs> She took off her cape and her boots. boots. But yeah, they look good. With the boots with no fur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jared, got a high, low, or what the? Uh, I'm going to go with a question to the experts. Huh? Ooh. What is this called? Dark Web Experts. They refer to Arcade's hench lady as Locke, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that Psylocke? No. Just checking. Negative. Okay, so that, I was wondering if she was going to become Psylocke and if she's going to have more of a role. But I will roll that into a quick high. I like seeing Nightcrawler running around with a shotgun. <laughs> That's cool. You know, we always got possibilities, man. Just teleporting with a shotgun. I know. Like you used to see it with the sword, which is cool. But now, like he's busting caps with a shotgun. I said he's busting caps with a shotgun. Busting caps. Thank you. Give the man a cigar. Pat. Well, I liked a few callouts that they did here in one of the areas. I believe it's the one where Banshee was at. He's kind of like in the Starfield area, and they call it the Battle Star Wars area. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And when you look at the ships, it was like a crossover of an X-Wing and mm-hmm. uh, Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. Starfire, and all. I thought that was a pretty cool callout. Colonial Viper. Yeah, Colonial yeah. Viper. Viper. That was it. Ooh, the nerd level's getting high. Now that you bring up Banshee, I'm going to step on your turn again. Go ahead. 
So Banshee's got a throat thing going on, apparently, where he can't scream. We yeah, he was that. about as useful as a marine in a spelling bee, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, so he's redheaded guy. <laughs> Why did you bring redheaded guy with you on the mission? <laughs> he's also redheaded and Irish. Yes. Yeah, you forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) But we knew about that, didn't we? What? I thought we knew that he was having like some vocal issues a while back in the older episodes. We, I'm prepared to believe you. I just don't remember. Me neither. I I don't remember. Perhaps I I may not be remembering that right, but uh, that's what I thought. So it it made sense to me. I thought maybe he got injured on one of those two issues that we missed in there, and yeah. Because he that's, was like, I'm always, because like in the beginning when we were reading him, he's like, I don't think I'm up to speed or, you know, I'm all full, you know, Bancheeism or whatever, but I could um, be wrong. You know, too many concert, too many yelling. <laughs> a Banshee that can't scream is pretty useless in that situation. <laughs> Red-headed guy. <laughs> I also like the call out to Hulk number 181 that they had mm-hmm. in there too. Nice. I thought that was pretty cool. And Wolverine wanting to get at him again, so... But they broke the cardinal rule. Never put a more interesting character in your book than your characters. Because I was like, ooh, it's the Hulk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Arr, you like speeds. Hulk smash. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, he didn't even have a gun. Pew, pew, pew. (laughs) Uh, Like Delvin said, with arcade, it's like, oh, it's arcade. You know, I know a little bit about him. Uh, I know more from reading that one. Avengers Arena that Delvin brought in and where our kid was seemed to be more menacing, at least at that point. But this time around, it's like, man, who, who is this guy? And he claims he's a killer. And yeah, even even fast forward all those years, you know, they had to have him doing karate with the kids to make them look cool. So consider that. <laughs> You know what? To give Arcade a little bit of props, he's a fantastic cartoon yeah. villain. Yeah, he's larger the guy than life. Be, yeah, he's Saturday morning cartoon because it's so colorful and exciting yeah, yeah. and no one's going to die. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. Anybody else got any high, low, or what does for this? Only one. And, and okay. it's worth mentioning for anyone who's like a big X-File, like I know Jason is. And it's definitely worth mentioning since I know Jared is a big Colossus fan that Claremont laid some groundwork. This isn't the last time that Pete's loyalties with the X-Men are going to come into play. Like, it's not, I mean, unless we are going to be, you know, in our late 50s and creeping into 60s, still pulling off uh, long box crusades. uh, I don't think I'm spoiling much of anything to say that Pete at one point joins the bad guys, the acolytes, because he is swayed by Magneto to turn against the X-Men. That's kind of canon with Pete. And it's interesting to see Chris lay it out here. I mean, you know, that goes back to the story that Jason brought for the Longbox Crusade, number 26. Go ahead and scroll back a little bit and you'll be able to listen to that in the Longbox Crusade feed where Colossus gets his butt kicked by Juggernaut and Wolverine just lets that happen to him for, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff that he's probably been building up, I think. But to Delvin's point too, I think we're actually seeing this now if, for fans that are reading the X books mm-hmm. at this moment, again, Colossus's loyalties are being questioned by members of his team. And this is part of the continuity. Something I really like about the book is for the most part, they do stick to continuity throughout. And it's something 
it's a theme that's rippled all throughout the X-Men lore right up to present day. Very cool. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and find out who went the extra mile for this issue. We'll start with Jared. Big shocker. I'm giving it to my boy Cyclops Ooh. for that sweet, sweet laser blast multi-hit. <laughs> that was cool. That's like playing like a pool shot that was just like, beep, 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 yeah, all and the balls let's in. be honest, we've talked about this in the past, Cyclops is a lot of the butt of the jokes, you know, because, oh, he's the stiff leader, and he doesn't get a lot of cool moments, and that was a cool moment for Cyclops, and I dug it, and with that, I'll give it to Delvin. That's yet another pretty established part of X-Men lore, where I, I love, even going into the future, They'll make some hints like Cyclops going against Wolverine and Wolverine's like, oh, I'm going to tear you a new one, pretty boy. And Cyclops like, yeah, OK, <laughs> why don't you bring it and see what happens? i hit you with some math. And every time both of them get their licks in, it's never like Wolverine just whooping up on Cyclops. Like Cyclops always gets his licks in. And I'm talking about some significant ones. So just wanted to put that there. Let's go with Storm. I did like Storm's moment, and what she did was really, really cool. And again, more groundwork being paved that in the field, she is indispensable. And whether she's by herself or whether she's taking care of others, and that's something I've always loved about Storm. So I'll go with her. I think I'll second that with you on Storm for going the extra mile with me on because all the same stuff that you just said. So I thought she definitely showed her leadership and that she can get out of the situation she was put in being a difficult one. So Jason Cyclops, multi-kill shot pew, 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 all the way. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, looks like we got a tie going on here, guys. We got two crazy guys in a wild storm going against two. Not so crazy guys. That's got some squinty. Sure eyes. shot. Sure shot. Two, two, <laughs> sure shot. Two, two math guys over there <laughs> with the geometry. Yeah. We're going to be over here with the ladies. Oh. And that's all three of them that are trapped waiting for it. <laughs> Calling wing and. Uh, yeah. Wait, those Colleen two. Winger, oh, yeah. two. Colleen Winger. <laughs> Colleen Wing and her wing ladies. <laughs> oh, for you listeners, then we're going to need to know what side are you on? Are you on the storm side or are you on the Cyclops side? Let us know. All right, let's get into some ratings for this issue. It's a one through five rating. Five, you loved it. It gave you a ring to swing from. Four, you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It turned you into a baby. Jared, one through five. Um, three. It was fine with me. That's all. Delvin. <laughs> oh, Jared. It's a three. It's weird because it's a different three to Spidey, but a three nonetheless. Let's go to you, Pat. I am going to give it a three as well, too. It's kind of been a three episode for us. So, Jason, are we going to hit Three's Company again? Yeah, let's knock on the door one more time. I agree with you, folks. There was a lot to like in the book, some good character moments, some good action. At the end of the day, it was pretty inconsequential, though. So I'm going to land on a three as well. <laughs> All right, well, we tried a little something different here at LBC Studios. When we put the post up for picking this comic issue, we also asked for our Crusader Club members to bring in some comments about this issue that they pick 
that one. And we got a few comments from some of our Crusader Club members. All right. After my own heart, it's Tim Price who said, I didn't read the issue. Hello. Timmy. I'll take the next one from Jeff and Rick present. And he says, the covers of four, memorable, above average, makes me want to know what is going on. It was a reread for him, and one of his highs was Cyclops's ricochet shot. So I definitely agree with you guys. One go for us already. Always one of my favorite uses of his powers and his honed spacious awareness. He's got a low, and that's Arcade's unasked for kiss from a gross dude. Ooh. I thought that was a little off-putting there, too, so. Twas. And he gives a story of four. It's just above a middle-of-the-road story for him. I'll go. While with Auburn Elvis, said cover is a three. It was a reread. As a high is how cool Nightcrawler looks hiding in the shadows. High number two, Cyclops taking Wolverine out, going back into Murder World. He knows Arcade's long gone, and Scott doesn't have time to get arrested on a criminal trespassing charge. Low is how easily Colossus is brainwashed. Would you ever trust him to go into a battle after this? It wasn't even some mutant mind control. It was just a dude in a trench coat. (laughs) My what the is the way Arcade just gives back the girls and Nightcrawler. That really seemed like a we've got one page left in this issue. Decision by the writer. Stories of four. A lot happened and it was very cool. And Pat says that brings us to the end of this part of the show. Got a question or comment? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on Twitter, Instagram, or the Facebook page. We will be right back. The time is out of joint. The time is out of joint. The time is out of joint. The year is 1994 or 1944 or maybe 2994. Time is under threat and history is falling apart. Who will survive this crisis and how will history be changed for those that do? Zero Hour Strikes takes you back to that DC Comics crossover and covers the entire story, issue by issue, tie-in by tie-in, as the DC Universe goes down to zero. Join Bass and Siskoid at fireandwaterpodcast.com or on iTunes, Zero Hour Strikes, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Remember, Legion. Welcome back from the break. Now, let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusades. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, Storm and a One Piece dot. No, no, no. That's Jared's private site. His public site is theyardsaleartist.com. Early access to special long box crusade episodes, voting to help determine show content, a quarterly newsletter, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Anthony at TFU.info. Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blasted or Stash It. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robinson. David Collins, a.k.a. Battlewagon. Gerald Green. Greg Van Leuven, every minute of it. Jeremy L. Jim. Don't squeeze the charm. Joe Thomas. John Watson. John and Maggie. Jose Pollo. 
Josh Strickland, Slackert, Maxwell Traver, Michael Wagner, Miranda W., the mysterious Mark Hatherley, it's a Paul Hicks, Rick from Jeff and Rick present, Rob Morgan, Ryan Daly, Samantha Maney, Sean Urbanski, Steve Cronin, Tim Price, Toronto Cop, and Brad Morin. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon, but still, no worries. Just let us know that we miss you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com slash longboxcrusade for as little as $1 a month. You'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out here at Longbox Crusade headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with just star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show, and we will share your review on the next show. Now we will move to social media likes, shares, and retweets from Crusader Chronicles episode 48 from February 1979, where we were talking about Amazing Spider-Man 192 and Jared's favorite. Daffy Duck, number 121. I'll start us off with at Laredo Art 2018. Aaron Head Moss. Aaron Rodriguez. We leave in our wallet without Sedona. We gotta get it. We gotta get it. Get it. And Helica Fetty Wolf. Oh. B Bolly. Bill Schmidt. Chris Lydon. Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Let it Clinton Robinson. Coffee and Comics. Comic Reflections. Hmm. Hmm. One of our number one supporters, Courtney Howland. Daniel McConkie. Danilo Dulay. Dave Franklin. Dave Miller. David Croson. Fan Film Fridays. Gene Hendricks. Geraldo Huzar Aguilera. Green Lantern HG. Gregor Skorzynski. Hal Jordan. Heck Ariola. Huerl Thornton Jr. Ivan Chudley. Or is it Cooley? Bringing back old jokes. (laughs) (laughs) We settled it. Chudley. James Charles Huntley. Lance Thomas. RHR rep Laurel Mountainflower. Manuel Canete Mendoza. Editor's note, she is not our HR person. Mark Solomon. (laughs) Yes, I am sure. Mark Solomon. Mark Hatherly. Matt Large. Matt Medium. (laughs) Matthew Saliba. Max Reads Comic. Max Traver. Mady Trend Garrett. Nascani. Patrick Delmore. Paul Bernant. Professor Frenzy, it's a show. It's a show. Oh. Rehan Yusuf. Rick Heineken. Ronald Caldwell. Ruben Artiaga. Right Cross Ruth Sutherland. Saul Lerman. Secret Wars and Beyond podcast with Sean Hazy. Serena Krozik. Steve B. Robinson. The Hammer Strikes. And Geeky Stuff and voiceover. 
Tim Price. Come on down. Todd Wyatt. Oh, it's space, the final frontier. It is Trekker talk. There ain't no trekking like the trekking trigger, the trekker trigger don't talk. So I don't need a beat for this, but but Jared, I, I heard this rumor, like on this this thing called the internet, like that there's some other guys out there that, you know, were trying to unpack power of the power pack. And like they weren't Jeff and Rick. And I was really offended because, you know, what if somebody finds those guys and they're like, ooh, we want to be on your podcast and everything? Well, f- that. <laughs> well done, James. <laughs> In any event, <laughs> unpacking the power of the power fat. It's totally worth the bleep, Pat. It's totally worth the bleep. I'm trying to read, like, where is that from? <sighs> it was kind of a riff from one of the Jay and Silent Bernard Jeffries. Waffles. Wait, Waffles, and it says I got to insert something funny here. Waffles, Waffles, man. A bee. He's got to be a Waffle Man. Better yet. And I got Warlord Worlds, which I think is also about Star Trek. Pretty sure it is. Oh, looks like we have a uh, website coming. And it is, of course, from Tim Price. And I'll cover the Amazing Spider-Man one. And Jared, you want to take the Daffy Duck one? You know it. All right, I will start with Amazing Spider-Man. He says Amazing Spider-Man 192. First read for me. Cover, quite the three asco. Not a fan of seeing Spidey from the back hat with generic-looking Smythe in the center. The story was a five. Totally agree. Awesome. Lots of Spidey greatness, even with my what the, where I predicted Spidey's leaving Smythe and he'll return here at the end on his own where he should just stay here to solve the problem. But loved his trouble fighting the fly, Jonah being a pain and Peter's private life falling apart. Excellent. And we've reached the end of this major arc. I really don't know what's next, but this one has been pretty great, so I'm ready for more. All right, moving on to his comments on Daffy Duck number 121. He says, I still haven't read it, but I did read lots of comics like this back in the day, so I can totally picture it, including swapping in other characters and having the same story. Woody Woodpecker, Yogi Bear, Optimus Prime, all would have been the same. (laughs) Not about that last one. (laughs) Charming for the little kids, but doesn't hold up well for adults. When it comes to Daffy's character, I agree this does not sound like classic WB Daffy, but it does match the kinds of cartoons aired in the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show, which aired from 1978 to 1985. Lots of homogenizing of these characters in those cartoons. And this comic would likely try to match that tone. Thanks for the fun, Crusaders. Tim Price is out. Thank you for the comment, Tim. And we will now move on to other social media comments from Pat. Start us off. All right. I'm going to take one from Max Traver. And he says, the Crusader Chronicles travel back to 1979 to meet up with a Spidey and Daffy. In the meantime, Pat DJ Christados correctly guesses one of my earliest childhood nicknames. I knew it. I knew it. What was it that you guessed? I remember. said it was Bang Bang Maxwell Silver Hammer. It was a Beatles song. <laughs> I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> but I guessed it. I won. Well, good for you, Pat. I'm going to take this next one from Green Lantern HG, who says that we all deserve a trophy for this episode because we had him laughing nonstop. He says it was a great Spidey issue and kudos to at yard sale artists for his fled reference. I thought it was more like Tango and Cash. And I love Looney Tunes, he says. It's a family thing for me, but the comics? Nope. 
not funny. I agree. I'm going to go with our official PR rep, Courtney Holland, who said, go check out this great content. Thank you, Courtney. Thanks, Drake, Courtney. I will take one from a monthly Monday movie muckabout. You know, that thing's weekly now, so it kind of ruins the alliteration, but still. Uh, he says, what? A movie someone has not seen? Grab the portable DVD player and head down now. Still waiting for that. I don't remember Maybe which see- one of us didn't see it, but my money's on Delvin. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a safe bet. Bet on the house, why don't you, Jared? Do we have uh time? We got some, we got a couple more. Go ahead, Pat. I'll take one from Auburn Elvis, and he says, uh, "Hey, uh, there, guys. Uh, this is a beautiful episode. Uh, I'm a kid again, six years old, thinking about Spider-Man's fingers digging into the building concrete to slow the fall. So many emotions. Uh, give me a peanut butter sandwich, baby. That <laughs> was just awful." <laughs> really ladies and gentlemen Pat Elvis has thankfully left the building <laughs> and we'll wrap up with Jason so the hammer strike says unfortunately these Daffy stories sound exactly like the cartoons that they were producing at the time as big of a Looney Tunes fan as I am if I saw this Warner Brothers logo at the beginning I'd switch to something else So what Gene is saying is the next time that we do a cartoon featuring Daffy Duck, we should warn a brother. (laughs) (laughs) Damn straight. (laughs) Thank you to everyone for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and your help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com for posts that will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jared, Jason, and Delvin for joining me on this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Delvin. I can be found on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1977. Jared. I can be found on your social medias at Yard Sale Artists. I can be also found at your local Hungry Howies. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Pat, bring us home. Thank you, Jason. I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. And if you want to interact with us via live chat, be sure to enter to win some free stuff on our live raffles. You can join us on our next episode of Doing It Live Stream on YouTube, the second Sunday of every month, 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Or check out the Longbox Crusade YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll know when we go live with a reminder notification. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or a question, email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to Rabbit season. Duck season. Rabbit season. Duck season. Duck season. Rabbit season. Fire. (laughs) (laughs) Bang! (laughs) I was a fool to ever leave your side you is such a lonely ride The breakup we had has made me lonesome and sad I realize I love you
The intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. My favorite non-Batman Christopher Nolan movie is probably still Memento. I haven't seen that one in so long. I don't remember a whole ton about it. I like it when they when they put that into a soda bottle. That's Mentos. Mentos. Oh. <laughs> it's the fresh maker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's like I thought that was well Didn't Mentos have like mind control abilities? That's Mesmero. Uh, uh. <laughs> no, isn't Mesmero the donkey? <laughs> That's it. Kenny <laughs> Rogers Roasters was a good restaurant. <laughs> That's a good chicken on a warm summer's evening. Surprised they didn't have them out like, you know, on the beaches or stuff. And then it could have been roasters in the stream. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is what we are. <laughs> How could we be wrong? Say the way we to another world And we rely on each other From one crusader to another Get the pants down We ain't no time to mess around I'm muting What? What? I'm muting Muting A burping Muting Muting Alright, let's get this party started Here we go In three, two. You're listening to the Longbox Crusade. No, 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 the Longbox Crusade. You listen to some. I know. I don't know what the hell we're recording tonight, but you'll figure it out when we you'll get there. You'll figure it so. out. We're talking about comics. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to talk, and you guys are going to listen, and it'll be a fun time. And X Men number number two. No, not two hundred. Number one hundred and twenty-four from May nineteen seventy-nine. Three Spidey Spiding. Oh shit. no! Wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's funny. It is the later it gets, it stops. Fast yes. <laughs> forward our. All right, cut this out. Eleven o'clock. I got, cool. I got a shower and stretch and go to sleep. <laughs> All right, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, at least you own it, and I will pass it to Delvin. Or I'm sorry, I'm passing it to guest. What do you think, guest? October. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, never mind. God, you guys can't do anything with you. <laughs> it's always a bit for everybody. It's just a bit, 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 bit. <laughs> this whole thing's a stitched to a together podcast, thing of bits. Yeah. <laughs> trying to do a professional podcast, and everybody else is like, bits, 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 bits. <laughs> hey, look at me. I got this bit over here. No, I got this bit over here. You know, no, we can't do it. Pat He's like, nuts. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, Pat, tell us what you want us to do. We'll do it. If you want us to pass, pass, we'll pass. I'll pass it to you, Pat. I will pass it to you, Pat. You can't handle it. No, Ryan. It's just like Pat's poll. Everybody. everybody, Wait, aren't you supposed to be muted? (laughs) (laughs) No, not Pat. Pat can't be muted. He's the host. Oh. Oh. I suck again. Hang on. I forgot what order events happened on the show. (laughs) October. Okay, I got it. Here we go. Well, Pat, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> what about you, Pat? I don't Pat? know what's going on. Well, we both <laughs> we understood that. Time, so he didn't have a clean copy of him handing it to you, so I just Oh, okay. It. You're fine. Lots of homogenization. Lot, 
Sorry. <laughs> Jason's texting us. Yeah, lots From of Delvin. <laughs> see what Delvin has to say. Scorpion dance. This one. Scorpion dance. <laughs> you can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. But your friends That's don't dance. Not even the scorpion. Don't dance against <laughs> no scorpion of mine. <sighs> well, we can dance. We can go where we want to. Places they will never find. And the men still meet with their hands and their feet, and we come from a slap of a big behind. I don't know what the lyrics are. We can go around you round them up. There he goes. And we can dress real neat from our hearts to our feet and surprise them with a victory cry. Say, we can act if we want to. If we don't, nobody will. And you can act real rude and totally removed And I can act like an imbecile I say, oh, we can dance, oh, we can dance Everything's out of control oh, We can dance, oh, we can dance We're doing it from pole to pole oh, We can dance, oh, we can dance Everybody look at your hands oh, We can dance, oh, we can dance Everybody's taking the chance Safe to dance, oh, it's safe to dance Yes, save the dance.